Hello and welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ and today I'm speaking with Kamal Ravikant. Kamal is a successful entrepreneur and investor who has worked with some of the very best in Silicon Valley. He's also a best-selling author of the books Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It, Live Your Truth and his latest book Rebirth. He's had some incredible experiences in his life, including trekking to one of the highest base camps in the Himalayas, meditating with Tibetan monks in the Dalai Lama's monastery, walking 550 miles across Spain, bungee jumping out of a hot air balloon. However, two of my favourite things from your about page are what, <laughs> what, what, watching Ben Kingsley eat a sandwich in his boxes. Oh my God, that's right. And I, being, I have. And I being have. the only non-black, non-woman member of the black woman's writers group so proudest thing. i'm damn proud of that actually yeah. Kamal, thanks for being here wow pleasure man thanks for being so patient now there's um about two years ago when i was um living in berlin i went over to one of my friend's houses and she had just moved as well and so she had like a postcard or like a letter on her on her bookshelf and it had a quote on it by um george adair which has kind of stuck with me for the last like two or three years i think about it loads mm. and it's everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear on the other side of fear that's a classic one yeah i know that you've got a similar rule that you kind of live by and it's if something scares you there's magic on the other side there's magic on the other side yeah yeah i've learned i've learned that man i've actually learned that so many times in my life like for the grip for the big things that really matter like we, we you know it's like the the magic the 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 reward is on the other side of, of fear of actually doing it it's, it's on the other side of action like Love Yourself, for example, right? That little book that I put out uh, that changed my life and it's become such a you know nice little hit and changed so many lives. I was terrified of putting it out, terrified, like petrified, terrified. I thought I was destroying my career. Um, you know, who's this guy who just massively failed and now has written this little book about how he like pulled himself out of everything, out of bottom by learning to love himself. You know, like who the hell is this, right? And And I put it out and that book, took off on its own it went viral and it's become like one of the top selling books on amazon and i get emails every day from people about how it changed their life and stopped them from committing suicide recovery centers are using it just any person you know basically i was explaining this to someone yesterday they're like what makes why what did you write and i said basically i wrote the book honestly that i wish someone had given me when i was down i had no time for fluff i had no time for theories i just wanted someone to just tell me quickly what to do step-by-step step that works on the inner self, right? And if I'd never done that, and I was terrified, if I'd like listened to the fears, even like the naysayers, you know, some people, you know, would said like, I don't know, I don't know, dude, like, <laughs> what are you doing, right? I never would have experienced this. My life never would have taken off like this. And, you know, it changed my life. And it's the same thing every time I do it. Like public speaking terrifies me, but every time I do it, it's like the results are amazing. It's almost to the point where like, and I have to remind myself, you know, I'm not perfect at this, by the way. But it's like when it's like when it's something that your heart desires. Maybe let's let's make a little bit of a, um, like just you know, not, not exception, but like describe a different definition. If it's something your heart desires and you're terrified, that's a signal. Go there, because I think like, I think like we we misinterpret the signal. The signals actually go there, we're, and we're interpreting it as like run away. If only we could just turn that around, like oh, that's a signal. That's an arrow. Go there. Public speaking, talking to that girl, putting that book out, doing that podcast, whatever, right? That's a signal. That's a sign. I think we just kind of like screwed up. Like fear is actually like often an arrow of, of – uh, it's like an, it's a compass. There's a North Star. 
so we we've kind of got this like fight or flight mode, and we kind of if we think fear, we think danger, avoid, avoid, as opposed to danger, awesome, this is exciting. You know, obviously we've got to be careful about you know what's actually safety, but as long as this is the, the whole the uh, the caveman mind, you know, where oh. we're still running the script, when we've got this sort of two million year old caveman mind, where actually a lot of these fears are no longer life-threatening things actually stopping us anymore. This is These are just little fears where we're, we're constantly seeing these fears where actually maybe we shouldn't be taking such uh, such notice of it, you know, in, in terms actually, of... Actually, maybe we should, and we should be just using it as a signal to do something, to, do, to actually go there. Because, look, I think if you walk in a dark alley and you feel fear, listen to it. It's a good <laughs> signal, right? If you're in a burning building, you feel fear, it's a good signal, right? Um but outside of that, a lot. I think we're only like, what are the only fears we're wired for, like hardwired for, which is like, I think, heights and loud noises or bangs or something like that. That's it. Those are the only fears that ultimately we're hardwired for. The rest is all just this. And if it's all just this, what is it about? And so what I've come to learn, and man, every time I apply it, it's change, it just changes my life for the better. Changes my life for the better. It's like if it's something I desire, or something I feel called to, and I'm feeling fear. That fear is actually saying, yeah, okay, you're on the right path. Life is happening to me versus life is happening for me. What's the difference there? Hmm. Um, you know, I'll be honest, most of my life I've been there, I've been in the life is happening to me, which is actually kind of like a victim mindset. You know, like um, if it's to me, there's no power. You know, if all of a sudden you start thinking life is happening for you, there's power. Everything, in everything, I really do believe this. I've come to learn, like, I fundamentally believe this. In everything, there's a gift. And if you start looking at life is happening to me, you start asking, what's the gift? And you start doing that, you find it. And then, um, I don't know, life just gets better as you find gifts and, gifts and things. It's kind of simple how the whole this, this whole stuff works. You know, it's just internal mindset shifts. And those come from not just, like, sitting around and meditating on it, it's just looking like practicing it you know and it's like um it's like it's a muscle just like the gym you got to practice it and if you stop practicing it it gets rusty you know and if you start practicing it again it's a little kludgy in the beginning but then you get back into it and i did that i know that you believe in and practice and i guess this is easy to say but to actually really you, you you say this and you've got to actually stick with it. Like you only do projects with people you love and it doesn't matter what money is offered, only work with people you love. Is is that right? As in you've got to have... I've, I've learned the hard way. I've learned the hard way. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, there's a, there's enough opportunities out there and like, uh, be, you know, ultimately we create them. And if you can, you know, if you can do it with people you love, it'll just be better off and you'll, life will be better. And, you know, like people say, you know, look, look, you know, you can sign a contract, and even with people who love you, you should sign a contract. But ultimately, a contract doesn't guarantee you anything. All a contract is is an instrument that says that you have the right to take this person to court if they screw you over. That's all it is. So if you love someone, you trust them, you're less likely to have to use that contract, that instrument to go through something horrible and painful rather than if you feel like you need someone. You know, like the worst is when you feel like you need someone to succeed. That's usually like, that's a warning sign, you know, like, um, yeah, you know, in my experience, when I've done that, it didn't turn out very well. So it's like life short, work with, you know, work with people you love. Because there's, there's, this, there's this narrative, I guess, that, or this idea or story that, you know, 
business is cutthroat, nice guys finish last. What's your experience and opinion on that? I mean, yeah, business is a cut, it can be cutthroat. Um, but look, I come from Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is a lot about, you know, like helping each other. You know, there's a cutthroat aspect to it. Let's be, I'll be very honest about it. Uh, but there's also like a pay it forward mentality that I've never seen any other industry or any other place that's trying to like recreate Silicon Valley. You know, it's, it's, um, everyone's like, who's actually made a bit, made a little bit. They're not hoarding it. They're like, how can I help the next person? How can I invest in them? How can I help that person succeed? That so, um, business doesn't have to be cutthroat. You know, you don't have to be politics and Machiavellian. I mean, look, you know, like we live once, live live to your values. And I've, I've seen too many good. I love seeing good people succeed, and good people do succeed. You know, people who screw other people over. I mean, look, I've seen some do very well, but event if it's life's a long term game, business is a long term game. Usually, it catches up to you. And in the end, you're the one who sleeps with yourself at night. You're the one who's going to be in your dying alone. How do you want to, who do you want to have been? You know, and really, I, I, good guys do very well in business, actually, because people want to see you succeed. People want to help you. People forget that, you know, like, um, I mean, you still have to be, you know, hustle and be a baller and do all that. But that doesn't mean being like screwing people over. You know, like if you have a, if you built a reputation of someone who helps people, creates value, trust me, when it's time for you to do your own thing, the right people step up to help you. I agree. I think it's, I, I, I'm seeing so much more and more and more of this. And maybe I guess, you know, what you focus on, you see more of that. But I, it seems so black and white. I don't understand why, uh, like, the, 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 the idea of pay it forward, the generosity, the looking out for each other, the community, like that just seems like an absolute like no brainer decision in terms of, and we talk about that in, in some context, but I feel that hasn't got enough airtime in the business world. And I think people, like you said, Silicon Valley, I think, and that's obviously an example, but I think people are waking up more and more to actually, it's actually just good business. You know, even if you're just worried about like the bottom line and the numbers, it is actually just good business to be uh, a caring, compassionate, thoughtful person anyway. So it's glad, I'm glad yeah, to see you. And I think otherwise, um, when people are uh, Machiavellian or screwing other people over, it comes from scarcity. And if it's scarcity in, in business, that actually of scarcity in everything. If you think that way, and going through life with thinking scarcity is not a good way to be. It doesn't serve you. You know, that you're always, uh, you're like that anxious little dog, you know, that's always like scared. That's basically what scarcity mindset is. Versus, you know, the, the, the abundance mindset where, like, you can create stuff. You believe that people will help you and you will help people. And, you know, look, I've, I've done well and I've failed. You know, I've, I've been through, like, the tops and the bottoms. And um, the only difference is, uh, I mean, each time I work my ass off, the only difference is things happen. Market conditions change. You're not responsible for it, right? But it's one of those doesn't make you who you are. It's the consistency, right? So if you succeed once... You'll do more and maybe you'll fail or if you fail once you'll do more and you'll succeed. It's all a process in who you become. You know, it's ultimately it's just our own personal evolution. So it's like, who do I want to be? I saw this amazing talk with Warren Buffett uh, the other night and it's on YouTube. And as you know, if you if once I tell you about it, anyone can Google and find it. And he was talking to these uh, these uh, student MBA students and he said, listen, if I was to tell you pick out of here, out of your, um, your peer group, uh, one person, and you're guaranteed to 10% of their earnings for, life, for, their, for their whole life. 
who would you pick? And he said, I bet you you won't pick the one with the highest grades. You know, and because he, I mean, this is Warren River. He's sharp. He's like, he's right. He's like, you're going to pick certain, a person with certain qualities and attributes, right? So ask yourself, who's that person that you're going to pick and why? What are those attributes that's making you pick them? And then take those attributes and start to work on having them yourself. That's the ultimate the goal of the exercise. So you become that person. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> That's such a great exercise, right? Because immediately, like, what is it that you look up to? And, and then you just, like, work to become, to have those attributes yourself. I mean, look, Benjamin Franklin, you know, when he was 16, he would, like, he, would, he wrote this down to himself and he used to do this himself, like, what virtues. And it's, you know, all these stuff, they're learned and they're pattern, patterns and they're conditioned. We can just practice them and become them. You know, this thing is very plastic. And there's, there's a lot of freedom in that. Um, and... And I think this goes back to the whole abundance and scarcity. You know, Warren Buffett is not someone who walks in with a scarcity mindset. <laughs> you know, this is a guy with an abundance mindset. I was actually, last night, I was hanging out with a friend of mine who used to be Warren Buffett's pilot. And he was telling me some fun stories of Warren Buffett where, like, they were in Antigua and, like, they went boating and they capsized the boat and, like, Warren Buffett gave him the finger. And, <laughs> and, but, you know, he was talking about, like, what makes Warren Buffett special. One of the things that makes it special is, like, Berkshire Hathaway, which is one of the best-performing companies of all times i think there's you know their stocks worth so much and he, he has to ask those of us at dinner like how many employees do team berkshire hathaway has and i guess and i kind of know that you know it's cheating because i kind of know i said 12 he said 14 imagine that 14 employees because what he does is he finds the best companies and buys them and then gives them whatever they need and just lets them do whatever they want to do that's abundance mindset that's scarcity would be like meddling and trying to you know, get in, you know, like fire hiring and firing. No, you know, and look, that's worked out pretty well for him. You know, if you want to look in the business world and he's the, you know, he's the one that everyone looks up to. Talking about, I guess, maybe a mini segue, like when you came back from a trip to Tokyo, you checked your bank account and two thirds of your money was gone. It, it disappeared. Oh yeah. 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 What, 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 what happened next? Um, it's actually, it's, it's actually an experience I had in Tokyo. And this is something that I, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. I did, I don't know if I should talk about this, but, but you know, like I did, uh, I, I did acid for the first time in Tokyo <laughs> <laughs> and it was quite an experience. I got to see all of Tokyo turn to robots of all the things I, I, you can imagine. Right. I was like, Oh my God, like what is my mind coming up with? It was the coolest thing ever. And and I got this sense that all of reality was just a play, that all of it just existed for amusement, for my amusement. Like it just felt like I was in Tokyo and Tokyo turned into robots. I don't know if I should be talking about this, but here we are. And so like the next day when I, when I was walking around, and I'd never done acid before, like, um, and, and I was walking around and the buildings were back to being buildings, right? But I remember that sense of awe that everything was just for play. And I walked around with this sense of gratitude and so actually, it was the next day, I think, uh, I, I checked my bank account and most of my money was gone. And I thought I'd been robbed or something. And actually, I had been by the IRS that taken a chunk of my money. And, you know, but it's legal. Um, uh, and, but I was just like walking around this whole sense of awe and gratitude. Like, wow, this, like, you just don't care, you know, like, and just gratitude. And like, and like, 
like I think within days, like some company that I'd advised years ago that I just forgotten about, all of a sudden I got an email from them saying they were being sold and I was going to get a, che- a check from them for pretty much close to the same amount that had been gone. And I was like, huh, that's interesting because all I've been doing the last few days has just been walking around a sense of awe and gratitude. Something to this. So that, okay, so the, so double down on that gratitude again. Was that, was that, did that, did that stick with you afterwards, even after the experience had worn off and you were back home and, you know, back into like your usual day? Like, have you managed to maintain that, that idea of gratitude? Because we hear gratitude, gratitude comes up again and again. And so almost, when you hear something so much, it almost desensitizes it. But it is just, it's, it's clearly so powerful because it, because it comes up so much. And so have you managed to, maintain that sort of grateful mindset at times, honestly honestly at times at times no this thing's still a monkey running the show yeah like look the love yourself book the practice that i put in there that saved my life that changed my life when i'm doing it like hardcore my life's like this and then i get lazy and it kind of like goes like this and then you know like this but it's really that simple so like when you do that practice when i do my practice i can't help but feel gratitude it just comes naturally that's the best gratitude when you're not forcing it, right? It just comes naturally because you're doing things that naturally bring it out of you, right? Your purpose and drive is helping people be their best self. And that's almost become a filter for anything you put out to the world. Is it like helping people be their best self? How did you get that clarity of purpose? It took forever. Um, um, you know, the, the thing is, I work on myself to be my best self, and I fail spectacularly every day. <laughs> but as I work on, no, I mean, really, right? Um, and I've just learned to stop beating myself as much as I used to. Um, and what I work, what works for me, I share it. It's really that simple. You know, it's really that simple. I'm just sharing what's working for me. And, uh, you know, I'm a human being because it works for me. It's bound to work for other human beings. And look, I'm very passionate about the craft of writing. I wrote for years and years and years and collected rejection letters and just, you know, teaching myself to be a better, better writer, and which allowed me to write the kind of books I write in a very simple manner to get across like really deep fundamental truths. And for example, a novel that came out, Rebirth, it's actually a fable. It's designed, I worked very hard on it. It's designed to actually layer in all these fundamental human truths on loving yourself and gratitude and forgiveness, but told in a story with different characters coming in and out through different voices and through different parts. So by the time you're done, it's layered within you. You know, like that's the kind of stuff I love to do. Because first of all, when I'm doing it, it makes me better because I have, I have to be living it to really write it. You know, I'm not, a, I, I, you know, there's a lot of people out there who write from theory. We all know, love yourself. We all know, like, gratitude. We all know, like, you know, you should take cold showers, you should fast. But like the guy to listen to is Wim Hof because he, he, he lives it, right? So, my, so when I'm writing these things, I'm like forced to live them, like hardcore. So it makes me better. So I write from that place. And when you write from that place, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a truth in it. There's, a, like a, there's an energy and emotion in those words that actually gets passed along. I really do believe that. And, um, and, and you know, look, I get better because of it. And, when I, and I put these books out, you know, and I get those, all these emails and, and, and responses, and I know the world gets better for it. It's, you can't ask for anything better. Right? You get better, and as a result of putting out through your natural talents, the world gets better. It's not a bad gig. It's a great, it's a great gig. <laughs> Years ago, you met a monk, and his life was not easy, but I think this is when you were, maybe in your, was it in your 20s, and he was just so calm and peaceful, and he seemed so joyful. And you asked him, 
how do you find peace? Yeah. What what, what did he say to you? I remember, it's funny because this monk pops up in all my books, but in different ways because I love this because this is is a game changer, right? And ultimately, it's the the solution to everything. Um, You know, so I said, how do you find peace? He kind of looked looked, looked at me and kind of like stroked his head, chin like this. He said, oh, an easy cushion, huh? I'm like, yeah, easy. He's like, okay, I'll tell you. Um, I say yes to all that happens. I say yes. And I remember it was just like, whoa. Um, and it's not like a, that's not a like rollover and take it kind of thing. You know, I think mo- most of our anguish, mental anguish, you know, comes from just saying no to life, to what is, to the present moment, to what's happening. Most of you say you, yes, you almost like, <sighs> you breathe, right? You just, <sighs> and from there you can do something versus just fighting. I mean, when you say no, you like clench. And it's literally just walking around from that, <sighs> yes. And it's, it's very powerful. In fact, Rebirth, the, the novel, is ultimately about saying yes. To everything, the good, the bad, the, like, the things which you would never necessarily even call upon yourself or ask, whatever turns up, yes, it's that acceptance. And it's, and it's yes, and then from there you go somewhere. You, from there you take action. You know, it's saying yes to life. You know, it's like, um, otherwise it's like we're always like trying to fight our way up the river whereas just float down the river really yeah you don't we have no idea what's around the bend you know and that's that's been I mean look I'm very guilty of it I fight all the time I don't I don't live this 100% but whenever I do as I whenever I apply it as I as small as I apply my life it really the 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 results are highly disproportionate to what to your effort that's the pretty cool thing it's not one to one. It's like one to ten with all these things. What does a fulfilled life mean to you? No, you're living life on your terms. Um, you're doing. You're responsible for your output for whatever you put to the world, whether it's whatever energy you put to the world. And when then, when you're doing it, I mean, that's it. You know, like for me, when I'm writing these books, when I'm um, helping others, uh, helping other entrepreneurs. Uh, just going out and being, being, you know, like having great conversations. Um, but it all comes down to, I think it all comes down to us. If we just work on ourselves and start putting, whatever our special thing is, start putting it out. And knowing that the outcome is not, as impo- is not important. What's, what's important is what we give to it. It's like, have I written the best book I can write at this point in my life? Yes? Then never have any regrets, you know? Versus... Um, have I read the best book ever? Oh, geez. You know, you know, <laughs> or how did the market respond to it? You know, because like, um, you never know, right? Like, I mean, look at a lot of the great artists, right? They weren't recognized, recognized for so long. Does that mean their art was bad and they were putting it out? No. You know, it's just um, what kept them going was their love for the art. Well, their love for creating. They had to create. I think ultimately they were far more fulfilled than someone who was just, was always just dependent on, Hey, how many likes did I get on this? You know, like how many tweets and how many shares? And it's so easy to get caught up in that. I mean, now we've become like so much worse than we were before because now you actually look at like, oh my God, this this one post I did got like, you know, a thousand likes, but the last one only got 46 likes, you know, like. You, what am I doing wrong? So what? Did I give my best in that post? If I did, great. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that, that immediate feedback right now is actually not necessarily a good thing for us, especially for creatives. 
what would you say? I asked this question at the end of every chat. What is one thing all our listeners can start doing today that will positively affect their lives? Man, I was just thinking about this morning. Uh, this is a bad habit of mine. And I, t- I stop it once in a while and I pick it back up. It's like your first half hour of the day and the last hour or half hour of the day, don't pick up your phone. That's simple. It's so that simple. Because, and, this, and just read a book. Listen to something. But, but make it something positive. Beginning of the day, end of the day, something positive that goes inside you. Something that simple. That's it. Half hour. You get 24 hours, so this is an hour of the day, and it's like you're winding up and you're winding down time, you know, which is probably the, some of the most important part, you know. Um, I've noticed for myself, it makes a huge difference. Just that simple trick. It's very practical. Last but not least, where can people find out more about you and your work? Where can we send them? Um, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, Amazon, um, my blog is founderzen.com. I mean, if you just type my name into Amazon, you'll find my books. And, um, you know, I'd highly, if someone's looking to try to look at my work, I highly recommend the, the novel because it's like, it's, I've taken all these things I've learned, all these like deep, deep things I've learned and, and, and try to live and woven them into a story that's just layers them in and layers them in into, into the reader. So by the time you're done, you've actually walked, you literally walked this journey with this character who's grown and you've grown with him. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm finding that I'm getting the emails that it works. So I highly recommend it. 